Mother's Day looks a lot different this year. Mommy needs a quarantine. And our moms may be spending a lot of time with their kids right now. A lot. Like, so, so much time. And even though they love their kids to the moon and back, Mommy, where are you going? Sometimes moms need a little alone time. Mommy! You know, to recharge. Go talk to Daddy. Mommy! Where are you? But no matter what's happening in the world, their favorite way to spend time is with their family. In good times, in hard times. Mom! Hi. You're breaking everything! In uncertain times. Thank you, Mom, for making time for us every single day. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I ask that you would watch over us as we go to bed and rest, that you'd speak to us in Bible stories and speak to us in... Well, good morning, and first of all, I just want to say Happy Mother's Day to my beautiful wife, Stasha, of course, to my mom, and uh, to all of the ladies, uh, who, all the mothers who are out there today. Happy Mother's Day to everyone, and a special Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Today, we're going to continue in our series that we have here. Really, I'm going to take a parenthesis in, in this series. We're not necessarily stopping the series uh, or taking a break from it. We're just adding a parenthesis. We've talked about several different emotions and how we're reacting uh, during this crisis that we're going through and uh, trying to get a godly perspective on our emotions. And so again, we've looked at three so far. We have two more to go. But in this parenthesis today, we want to talk about what is our response in the middle of adversity. And for those of you who know my story, you know that uh, as growing up, we were very poor. Uh, my mom was a single parent and uh, faced a lot of adversity, candidly, uh, as we were growing up. But what I remember most about my mom and the lessons that she taught was how she handled the adversity. And it was always through prayer. Uh, it was always seeking God. And were times always easy? Did she um, have struggles? Absolutely, she did. But I remember mostly how she responded uh, to that adversity. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're going to not look at a specific emotion, but just reacting during the times of adversity. Uh, a couple of things that I've looked at and that I remember from my mom. Uh, she said this, how you respond to adversity is important to your existence and uh, your growth as a child of God. That was a lesson that I definitely learned from her. In other words, what is your response to that particular uh, adversity? 
I was talking to Wayne Stowe earlier this week, and we were ref- reflecting back over uh, the past series or the past messages that we've done in this current series. And he remembered something that actually his dad said, uh, and it was this: He said, "Emotions are there to get you to examine yourself." That was Mr. Stowe's dad who said that. You know, often when we face different emotions, whether it be fear or anger or even joy, whatever those emotions may be. It really reflects who we are, what's going on inside of us, maybe areas we need to change or correct uh, in those moments. So where do we need to change? Well, today I want to open up with the scripture from John 10.10. And in this particular scripture, uh, the life uh, that Jesus came to give us that he talks about there is not determined by what you encounter but how you respond to what comes against you. That verse says, the thief's purpose is to still kill and destroy. That's what comes against us. But he says here, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So in the midst of adversity, understanding God's promises, how do we we react in those moments? Live life long enough and you'll have the opportunity to show forth your trust in God or not. We will encounter people who have different values than we do. It doesn't make them wrong and us right or vice versa. They're just different. We're living that in real time today. Do we open the country or do we not reopen the country? No matter where you stand, no matter what your opinion is, you will face adversity. Today we want to tell you a story that takes um, place in 1 Samuel. And there are three characters that I want to introduce you to that are in this story. First of all, there's David. He is anointed to become, but is not yet the king. Then there's Nabal. He's a very wealthy man, but is also very wicked. And then there's Abigail, Nabal's wife. She's beautiful and sensible. This story takes place during the last year of King Saul's reign. This is when he is searching out and trying to find David because he wants to kill him. David continues to please God in this time because even when David has had opportunity He refuses to let any harm come to Saul. Today I want to encourage you to get your Bible um, and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 25. We're going to be reading pretty much the whole chapter today, so it won't be on the screen. Uh, That's why I'm encouraging you to have your Bible in front of you. And and it tells a story today um, as we're going through this, really how to deal with adversity through this very interesting story. So uh, pause this video, get your Bible, read along with me. We're going to pick up in verse 4 of 1 Samuel chapter 25. Stasha pretty much summarized verses 1 through 3 when she was introducing the characters. So let's get going here with verse 4 of 1 Samuel 25 and see this whole idea of dealing with adversity. It says, When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep, he sent ten of his young men to Caramel with this message for Nabal. Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and everything you own. I am told that it is sheep shearing time. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them and nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your own men, and they will tell you this is true. So would you be kind to us, since we have come at a time of celebration? Please share any provisions you might have on hand with us and with your friend David. David's young men gave this message to Nabal in David's name, and they waited for a reply. Who is this fellow David, Nabal sneered to these young men. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. 
Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? So David's young men returned and told him what Nabal had said. Get your swords, was David's reply as he strapped his own. Then 400 men started off with David and 200 remained behind to guard their equipment. I want us to look first of all at Nabal's response in this and we're going to see how he shows contempt. Now at the outset, it almost sounds legitimate. Who is this guy, David? He's just an outlaw. So it almost sounds reasonable, but as we get into the story, we will see the reality and the truth of what's happening here. In the story that I just read, we see that David had taken care of Nabal's men when they were out tending the sheep. Uh, the, the, they were protected by David's men. Uh, David did not take anything from Nabal's men. And so they were being looked out after. So in return, David was simply asking Nabal, would you mind sharing some of your provisions? It's a celebration after all. Would you mind sharing some of your provisions with me and with my men? We just want some food. So he asked for help, but he was rejected by Nabal. This brings up a question that I ask myself. What do you do when people treat you with contempt? Often we may say, Karma's going to get you, or we'll bring up something like that. When people treat you with contempt, maybe it's because of choices that you've made or decisions that you've made. They may blame it on you. So Nabal's response was, should I give my meat and my bread to outlaws? David had valued Nabal's men. And I wonder what Nabal's reaction would have been if he understood that David would one day be king. I bet his reaction would have been a little bit different. You know, you will face people who don't have your values. Many of you have already faced that in your life. You will definitely face that. So the question is, how do you treat those folks who don't share your values? David wanted to wipe out Nabal's men. Just go in and kill all of them. We read there where he strapped on his sword and he was ready to go. You know, I want to talk about David's motives just for a moment. We know that David was a man after God's own heart. We read all of that in Scripture. But in this particular case, David's reaction was not proper. It was not right. His motives were wrong in all of this. It appears he wanted help from Nabal because he had taken care of Nabal's men. In other words, he didn't do it because of the kindness. In this case, he was wanting something in return. David's reaction was fleshly. Nabal had showed contempt and David wanted to repay that. Later, we'll see in this story, though, that God would intervene on David's behalf so that David wouldn't make a fool out of himself. And this is where the story of Abigail begins. And so what I want us to do here is begin in verse 14, and we're going to see how Abigail intervenes during this adversity that was going on. So let's begin in verse 14, and we're going to read a lengthy portion here, so stay with me, read along with me. We're going to go through verse 31 here. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. 
You need to know this and figure out what to do. For there is nothing, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. Verse 18 says, Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, Go ahead, I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal what she was doing. As she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying a lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. Verse 23, when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all the blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tippered man. Please don't pay attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here's a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong through your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. Hang on to that verse. It's a reminder to David. Verse 30. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. There's a lot there. And so I want to break it down for you just a little bit. First of all, we read, David was angry. He was angry and he was ready to take matters into his own hands. Okay, I want to pause for just a second. Have you ever been there? I know I have. That moment, oh no, she did not just say that about my child. The mama bear comes out, it's about to go down, and it's going to be ugly. Okay, well I've been there. And can I just say that every time that I've ever responded out of emotion to get even or to gain vengeance, I've regretted it. But when I wait and I step back and I trust God's wisdom and understanding in my life, that's where healing and restoration happens. Abigail steps in and becomes the voice of wisdom to David. And she first reminds him of who he is. He's called of God to be the next king. He right now is hiding from Saul and trusting God to spare his life so that he can fulfill the call of God. Then she reminds him of where he's been, who he was, a young boy who conquered a giant with only a sling. And then she reminds him of where he's headed. 
And that if he chooses to react in vengeance, he will go into the next season of his life with a blemish. This moment, David has to make a decision, and it can affect his life. We've seen Nabal and Abigail. Now let's see David's response. David, after being convinced by Abigail, did respond correctly. So let's pick up the story here, how David reacts correctly to the adversity. And we're going to start in verse 32 and read through verse 36. David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent me to meet you today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you hadn't hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, Return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal was throwing a big party and was celebrating like a king. He was very drunk. So she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until dawn the next day. At the beginning of the story, David was ready to react to this adversity without regard for anything that would happen. How often, as Stasha was saying, do we react without thinking? We just react in those moments. But here we see a man who is told, we are told was a man after God's own heart, he listened to the advice of a very wise woman, Abigail. He was saved from pain and he was saved from trouble. And the final thing we want to leave you with is that we need to allow God to take care of the adversity. So let's pick up this story. I'm going to reread verse 36 and then we will continue through verse 42 in 1 Samuel 25. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal was throwing a big party and was celebrating like a king. He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until dawn the next day. In the morning, when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what had happened. As a result, he had a stroke. He lay paralyzed on his bed like a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck him, and he died. Then David heard that Nabal was dead, and he said, Praise the Lord who has avenged the insult I received from Nabal and has kept me from doing it myself. Nabal has received the punishment for his sin. Then David sent messengers to Abigail to ask her to become his wife. When the messengers arrived in Carmel, they told Abigail, David has sent us to take you back to marry him. She bowed low to the ground and responded, I, your servant, would be happy to marry David. I would even be willing to become a slave, washing the feet of his servants. Quickly getting ready, she took along five of her servant girls as attendants, mounted her donkey, and went with David's messengers. And so she became his wife. So we see here that God took care of the situation. David chose to listen to wisdom and did not seek vengeance. Now I do want to point out that when you face adversity and difficult people and you step back and trust God, he's not going to end their life. But God will bring healing and restoration into those relationships. Let's look at Luke 6 and see what Jesus says to us about dealing with people and having victory over adversity. 
So we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse 27 and go through verse 36 here, as Stasha was saying, just to see how Jesus instructs us to live victoriously in adversity. Verse 27, Jesus says, But to you who are willing to listen, just like David, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. I just want to share four practical things that you can do to bring peace in the moment of adversity. First of all, read your thought bubble. Think about what you're going to say before you say it or before you post it on social media. Ask yourself, is it going to bring value to the conversation or is it going to cause more tension, more confusion? Is it worth saying it? And is it possible that you might even be misunderstood? Secondly, don't react. Instead, respond. A reaction is something that is led by our emotions in the heat of the moment. A response is perfectly thought out, and often a response is not even necessary. Be kind. Just be kind. Kindness goes a long way. People are struggling and going through things that we don't know. And so if we're just kind to them, it can change the whole situation. And finally, give more. Give more grace. All of the people around us are in different places in their processes, uh, in their dealing with their emotions and the things going on in their lives. So allow grace. Allow them to have different opinions than you. Uh, give more of your time. Give time to listen to someone who just needs a listening ear. Give more of your resources and give to those who maybe you don't even like. As we close this out today, I want to close us in prayer, but I want to draw your attention to the email that you received or the Facebook post. There are four questions there that you can just think through on your own or discuss with your family today. I encourage you to do that uh, if you are there with your family that you can think through these questions um, and just see where you are in all of this. But I want to pray with each and every one of you today, so let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for your word and how you teach us how to deal with adversity. You have given us your Holy Spirit who will lead us and guide us into love, into peace, into joy and gentleness. God, I pray that we respond correctly when we're facing adversity. Lord, we even pray for our enemies today as your word instructs us to do. May they find hope and peace through Jesus. Lord, we submit our lives to you. I thank you for the mothers today as we're celebrating Mother's Day. I ask your blessings be upon each one. We love you, Jesus. 
And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you.